Donde esta el baño? It's all about this guy who is an epic dreamer and fights windmills. He's kind of a weird dude. Anyway, we weren't too far from our house in San Jose, California, and I was reading The Marvels by Brian Selznick. Yep, I love books so much I can walk and read at the same time. Unless there is an open manhole or a curb. Curbs are tough. Anyway, have you read The Marvels? The first half is told completely in pencil drawings. Crashing waves are about to sink the Kraken, a whaling ship where our hero, Billy Marvel, is putting on a show for the sailors. Man, I was totally lost in Mr. Selznick's amazing tale. So lost, I didn't notice the creepy clump of trees Quixote and I had just wandered into. We kept walking deeper and deeper into the darkness because I kept falling deeper and deeper into Brian Selznick's swirling tale of adventure. Hey, when I'm into a book, I crawl in all the way. On the illustrated pages, lightning flashed and thunder boomed. Billy was about to be swept overboard as the ship sank. I could hear the wooden beams of the Kraken creaking and groaning as the waves pounded its sides. Splinters and wood chips showered down all around me. Yeah, actual wood stuff falling from the sky was a little weird, even for a guy who totally lives in his imagination like me. Then the crackling and snapping grew louder. It sounded like trees were exploding all around me. Seconds later, the splintering sounds were blasted away by the humongous rumbling thwomp and warble of unearthly engines. The darkness was replaced by a dusty shaft of bright white light. I finally looked up from my book. Quixote looked up too. Then he whimpered and tucked his tail between his legs. Because the two of us were standing right where the hovering alien spaceship wanted to land. Chapter 3 Greetings, people not of Earth. The flying saucer snapped off a few more branches as it completed its slow descent to the ground and settled with a soft, airy koosh. Quixote whined and grumbled. I think he wanted to go home. Not me. I wanted to see who, or what, was inside the spaceship. A side door zerwooshed open. A gangplank slid forward, and the parade started. Just about every creature from every space story ever told was crammed on board that one ship. It was like a minivan hauling the all-star soccer team from all the stars. Some I recognized from movies and TV. Others were from books, like Mrs. What's-It from Madeline Langley's A Wrinkle in Time and Hilo from The Boy Who Crashed to Earth by Judd Winnick. They were all extremely friendly, so we spent the night sitting around talking. The space creatures all thought some of the things we Earthlings had were weird, like spray cheese in a can and silly string in a can and joke store springy snakes that jump out of cans. Yes, they were seriously hung up on cans. Maybe because they spend so much time sealed up inside spaceships. And farts. None of them understood farts. Is this some kind of internal gas-powered jet propulsion you employ after eating beans? They wondered. That's when a guy with a bubble brain head and ginormous bug eyes spoke up. 
I wasn't exactly sure what movie or book he came from. Probably one like The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells, where the aliens aren't all that cute and cuddly. We have a very important message for the planet Earth, the alien said in a mechanical voice. He sounded like he ate computer chips for lunch every day. Extremely, enormously, urgently important. Yep, this was first contact, the very first official words humans had ever received from outer space. And I was going to be the human doing all the receiving. Roughly translated, what the big head basically said was, your planet is in really, really, really deep doo-doo. I can't repeat the actual words the spaceman used. Moms and teachers don't like that kind of language. If I used the actual words, they wouldn't let kids listen to this audiobook.